Hello, folks. On this week's show, we get excited over foam, go adventuring in 3D printing, and take in some of the most interesting news that's caught our eye throughout the week across the gaming industry. As well as all that, this week we are running a themed week for the Silver Bayonet. If you want to be in with a chance to win one of three bundles, you can comment here on YouTube, you can comment on tabletop.com, and if you're a Cult of Games member, you get a bonus chance to win. That can be across any of the videos this week, the unboxings, the playthrough, or even the interview with Joe. So check those out below. But otherwise, sit back and relax, because the weekend starts here. Hello, everybody. We are back again with the weekender, and this time, free. Ben and myself are accompanied by Johnson. Yo! Lloyd has escaped from whatever little hamster cage he's been <laughs> sequestered in for the past couple of months. Crawling through my attic trying to find the box with this one Santa hat. Because <laughs> so, you're I, worth it. I, I put the effort in because you're worth it. I assume all your boxes are labelled in the attic. Oh, no. No. Just end up by a month. No, this, is, uh, this is the December boxes, and it's and it's crawling around like a snake. There's there's no floors, so I'm trying to get from one support to the next, so I don't go through the roof. It's a interesting uh, image being conjured in my mind. <laughs> you worming your way through the rafters. Yeah. Yep. Mm, yep. That's it gonna stay with me. But well, it is a smashing hat. Thanks for that. As you yeah. can see, we all also decided to do our utmost for Christmas. Yeah, no. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, what the heck? I was like, oh, I need to get this because they're all wearing That's Christmas next jumpers. Week's show. Next week's show. But last week, you're all wearing Christmas jumpers. Is it was Christmas jumper day. Apparently. Yeah. 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 thing, like Valentine's Day and Christmas, made up by the industry to sell cards. <laughs> yes. Or in this case, jumpers. Anyway, enough of that. Uh, shall we? get up to speed with what's been going on Ooh. unless you've been living under a rock uh, you may have noticed this week there's been a few bits and pieces kicking around for one silver bayonet uh, with more to come as well uh, so if you're fancy giving some napoleonic gothic horror a go uh, from joe mccullough and osprey uh, then there's some unboxings uh how to play a solo mode and a pvp and even an interview with joseph himself uh, so it's worth Having a wee jaunt along there, and as I said in the opening, you can win yourself some fantastic prizes. Mm. Not the mm. painted ones, though. They're mine. <laughs> Get them out of my cold, dead hands. That's the only way <laughs> yeah. that one's going. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you should check out the unboxing because Jerry has his painted ones up close, the ones that you see in the gameplay videos mm -hmm. up close under camera. And I'm surprised at like, the paint job they've managed to do on them, Jerry, in such a short space of time. The key is lots of coffee and no sleep. I've seen people. I've seen people giving you grief last week about bold lines or something. I'd, I'd already said to them in the, uh, I think in the hobby hangout, I went, there will be mold lines on these. I don't yeah. have time. No. So, you know, it's not the time for my usual seven-step cleaning process. That's it. We want these lickety split, Jerry, but make sure there's no mold lines or anything. No. no. But I'd still be cleaning them if that was the case. <laughs> That's how one goes. But yeah, uh, you can jump across, have a look at the Silver Bayonet Hub and uh, just dive into the videos there to see what we're going on about <laughs> and even some sneak peeks of stuff 
not due for months. Yeah. Like the little teeny tiny goblins and vampires. Mm-hmm. It's actually really cool. Because going through that um, interview with with um, Joe, uh, with Joe, yeah. I was looking at go. Oh, I think they've hit the nail on the head because you guys were talking about it can be hard to get into Napoleonics, but with a game like this, you can just dip your toe. And I was yeah. like, oh yeah, I yeah. could definitely dip my toe into a bit of that. Yeah, you you don't have to paint units of twenty four or thirty six men, all the same line infantry company or light battalion or whatever happens to be. You just go. I want one cavalryman, one rifleman. One grenadier, give throw in a couple of Scots, away to go. That's it. Just enjoy yourself with the uniform nonsense. Mm-hmm. You certainly did with tartan, Jerry, didn't you? You had a whale of a time with your tartan. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. when you're speed painting, that's that's that what you do. You go off book and go, oh, I'm going to do some tartan. Which regiment tartan do I want to go for? <laughs> and you still got no appreciation. You just got crap about your mold lines instead. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's right. I know who they are. I know where they live. <laughs> watching them <laughs> uh apart from the napoleonics uh we're also at the end uh, yeah, of our wild yeah. west exodus journey we mm-hmm. are so myself and justin have been firing together a war band over the last six weeks um and you can dive in and take a look at what we've been up to for the global gunslinger league mm-hmm. um and we have some gameplay videos coming up for that as well so we're going to have a uh, intro gameplay video with our starting faction from the showdown at retribution box um and then later on we will have a full-on game with both of our fully fledged six-week forces so you can see justin's done and dusted with his i'm done and dusted with mine and once again when you're speed painting the key is to make things as difficult as possible so i (laughs) constructed my whole constructed a whole base for myself and then worked out how to actually get the scuttly thing to scut i like the plankage yeah 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 yeah. now a a regular person would have went i don't have time for this i'm just going to go ahead and stick it on a base and paint it as is and then threw sand on there so clearly that's not what i went with Uh, what can i say God loves a trier, and there's no more trying than me. Um, but even though we're going to be taking a little bit of a break mm-hmm. over the next few weeks, uh, if you are interested in getting into the Global Gunslinger League, uh, you can still do that. And we won't be announcing the uh, winners of the two big bundle prizes until January. So you have plenty of time to get your projects in there and yeah. fire away yourself. Let us yeah. know what so you're getting on to. If it also landed in your lap over Christmas, because it all arrived as Christmas presents mm-hmm. or something, you still have plenty of time to sit down and paint stuff up and you know fill out your, your projects with lovely miniatures and battle reports and all sorts of different things. Yeah. That's, that's it. So many Christmas vacation plans just got changed. It's <laughs> <laughs> the way but to do it. There is loads out there for inspiration as well. So they've got so many community members, loads of different content creators as well up on the project system painting the way that they want to as well so if you are trying to find a way and you don't want to stick to uh, the specific painting guide as it were you can go and search for some different inspiration across the project system too mm. you can go completely off book if you want mm. we've seen people do warrior nation and all sorts of things yeah. So. yeah that's just because people want to run out the thundercats oh yeah of course which, well, yeah. which is <laughs> they're on the loose <laughs> what can I say it is an option anyway Uh, Enough of what we've been up to. Time to crack on with the show and starting with the most important part, our Indie of the Week. And this week, it's the incomprehensible Zitardes? Zitardes? Zitardes. Zitardes. Time will tell. (laughs) 
they are a German company who mostly deal in terrain. We don't have to go um, any further, by the way, Jerry. No, we, we, we can, can just, just look here. at that. Yes, just that stick with nice. this one. I oh, know. <laughs> I, I think you'll find I will go further, though, because, you know, let's, let's just move away from there. We'll have a look at this. Oh. <laughs> Most of what they do is uh, fantasy based, although also, as you can see, would work for historics. Um, but this company, I was aware of their work for quite some time because people may remember, oh, many moons ago, Games Workshop released some foam buildings and they were like a hard foam uh, that you could um, throw down your tabletop. So there was like a crashed chimera. There was a, a ruined stone tower for fantasy. There were orc huts. They were all made by these guys under license. Mm -hmm. uh, there was even a particularly spectacular dwarf thing, which I'm surprised you've never seen. Uh, but it's a fantastic <laughs> repository for not just terrain, but also terrain making parts um, that they've collected together. So, you know, the little bits and pieces, the incidentals that we often talk about, um, just to add a bit of life to your tabletop, even mm. things like little door knockers. I mean, pick up a pack of knockers. It's yeah. such a it's such a small <laughs> thing, but if you're especially if you're buying multiple pre-made houses, mm -hmm. uh, just you know, just to differentiate the occasional one, just throw something on there, just have that little bit of a, a uniqueness to Absolutely. your tabletop. A good set of knockers will make all the difference. I I think so. I mean, for even the sake of, I know you're not a fan of miniatures RPGs, but can you imagine a GM, for example, GM, for example, saying, make sure that you knock on the particular door with mm. this particular knocker. It's great. It's a nice little detail just to add out. Yeah. And these sorts of things, there are a lot of people out there who do market stalls and the like, uh, generally an MDF, uh, being able to actually stick some creative produce in and on them changes it massively as well because you know an empty shelf is no use to anybody in the market mm. and it, again it just changes it's bolts of cloth and apples and uh i think that's some sort of meat stuffs who knows anyway. that's, like a, that's like a box of scrolls it could, could be that as well <laughs> you're like you're like a pick your own adventure store <laughs> see, if, see if i can get invigorated that way carpets at the top maybe well yeah um, carpet and rugs scrolls <laughs> Books, Chicken? fish. Always keep the fish and the scrolls away from each other. Nobody wants <laughs> any scroll. That's how that's how weird magic happens. That is how weird magic happens. One for Ben. Oh. Because if I go past dwarven statues, I'll probably be lynched. Mm, I like the look of those. And weather veins, because you know, why not? So are these are these resin then, or are these foam like you were saying? Or? So Oops, a daisy. So depending mm -hmm. on the uh, bits and pieces, they'll either be resin or hard foam. It'll tell you here. Right. They actually list the material. I think they even have a few bits and pieces of metal um, just for, you know, novelty value. But there you oh, can impressive. see that. Yeah. A nice wanna, pair of fracking guards. Have those alongside the doors to the hold. Hmm. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Or, you know, if it's a smaller hold, then you get yourself a pair that are kneeling down. <laughs> this is the back door. <laughs> yeah, some, sometimes you need yeah. that. No, those are really nice. They're like very those. nice. 
they're the kind of things that you can add to a tabletop that immediately then ground it within this particular setting. So you could have all the trees and the mountains and the stones and the rivers and all that kind of thing. Mm. And then you put in some dwarven statues and then immediately you're like, well, this is somewhere that, you know, either used to belong to the dwarven kingdoms or now does and all that kind of thing. So that's really oh. cool. I like those. Weather veins. Oh, they're great. I mean, I didn't know I needed weather veins in my life. It's a <laughs> set of weather veins, uh, which Perfect. I imagine are probably either resin or brass. No, actually resin. resin. I wonder if they turn because then you could have uh, things that you're doing in your game and the weather vein dictates stuff that's going on. A bit like, is Mary Poppins going to arrive now or is she going to bugger off home? <laughs> that sort of thing. Just, just magnetise it. Yeah, 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 magnet yeah. in the bottom Stick and, a and spin it. I mean, that's that's a very hobbit-looking house there, isn't it? So yeah, beautiful door, beautiful little um, outrageous. Mm. Should be in the side of a hill somewhere. Don't need a <laughs> hobbit doors. Don't make sense. They're practically badgers. Hobbits, to be fair, but they don't Why? make sense. Why? Hobbit, hobbit doors should be more of a triangle type thing, getting wider at the bottom to get their feet in. All right. Why would they design a door that actually gets fat ass, but you know, smaller? Well, why would you design a door that gets smaller and you've got big feet towards the bottom? I it's, think you should get onto the planning council at Mickle Delving and yeah. uh, <laughs> it's all part of that bloody Lord of the Rings universe, which is isn't it? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> It's one of those days, just, isn't it? I'll just have a quick look at this before we <laughs> before we move on to some of the bigger train pieces. Oh look, actual clear resin yeah. bottles and jugs That's and glasses. Cool. I love those. I mean, for anybody out there doing dioramas as well, mm. uh, dwarven bars, that sort of thing. Being able to get those is uh, absolutely gorgeous. Stick those in the Green Dragon. Yes, in Hobbiton. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's from that book he's like again, isn't it? All the prods, all the prancing pony in Bray. But anyway, on to the bigger bits and pieces. And yes. this is where they really shine. Um, so I suppose we'll have we look at our houses first, shall we? Mm-hmm. Uh, these are in the main, oh. the hard foam. So the nice thing about them is they're incredibly robust. Mm-hmm. I should have actually brought some of my pieces because I have a lot of the GW ones kicking around. Um, you could drop a book on them and you'll not dent them. I mean, they are just brutal. Oh. Yeah. So how much of the hill do you get for can that we, one? Can we see it unpainted? There's some there. If you click over on the left, there's like unpainted uh, versions. Yeah. Yep. Ah, there we go. Okay. So you do get a fair whack of it. Well, that's, that's a square. Into I was just about to say that. That's a square look. door. <laughs> Oh, oh, ye of little faith. But you could bake that into a mine quite easily. You could as well, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, hold on a minute. How does the square door become a round door? Is there a round door option? I would oh, click that one for the Have a look. The one in the middle has the square door and painted. So we see what that looks like. Oh, oh so see that makes more the frontage. That makes far more sense for a hobbit. <laughs> With its big flipping gangly feet to try and fit through rather than get... Because also those hobbit things have got to lift the bloody feet up. That's how crap that book is. <laughs> that bloody set of books. Let me know in the comments. Or don't don't let me know in the comments. You've just read so, me apart. So, so here's here's how you upgrade it. You can get back on topic. Oh, here we go. Uh, you can nice. get various round doors for your facades, which are worth it in itself, even if you're not planning on buying the full thing. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just getting these and then getting some foam 
on using these as facades because some Locking people don't, in, yeah. yeah, don't want to take the time or effort to scratch build these things. And if someone's no, already done them, that's cool because you could just get a load of those and stick them on the side of a, a hill together and get to have yeah. a, like a little ter- ter- terrace row. Exactly, yeah. Of hobbits going. How much is the how much is the actual hobbit hole hermitage thing? Because so those are like six euros. They're six fifty. Uh, I think it's forty five for the full kit and caboodle. Okay, that's not too bad. Ben's like, how much is it? I'm, as- I'm asking for a friend. Like, it's not- <laughs> asking for a friend. <laughs> Does this give us the full size? There you go. So width twenty seven by thirteen centimeters tall and. 40 centimeters long that wow. is a substantial piece of real estate yes. yeah. by anybody's um you know metric let's move away from our hobbities uh have a look at our dwarf blacksmith Ooh, that is pretty big look at that that is quite that's huge yeah how big is this huge? is huge because this is smaller oh wow only 15 by 15 by 15 but Tiddy one. a dramatic looking piece of, of chunk to go in the middle of yeah. your, your uh, yeah. table. I like that the stones are not all even for it as well, yeah. but it's got little bits where it's sunken in and, yeah. and re- uh, recessed and then more in relief as well. It's really cool. I like that. Because then it looks like it actually exists within a world rather than it just sort of being sort of, you constructed. know. Constructed. Constructed. Yeah. It, it, it looks like a dwarf has taken over residence there <laughs> rather than actually built it because it's like, well, this is terribly cut stone. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. the, I suppose, the naked version that you would get. What are, what are we doing? Is it for 15 mil or what at this scale? Because this these is are the all size tw- of it. These are all 28 mil, but that's dwarf. That's why it's so short. Oh. Because so it's a squat house height. for squats. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you could put one of those little dwarven stone statues out the front of those doorways as well. Do. Yeah. Welcome to the Dwarven Quarter. Yeah. It's one way of doing it. Yeah. That's what, pretty cool. I like what that. What else have we got? Uh, we've some sort of Lake Tony. <gasps> uh, That's right. another one from one of the other books. From mm-hmm. when the dragon decides to uh, talk to place, yeah. Oh, the Watchtower. That's cool. Oh. <laughs> These are gorgeous. Now we're back oh. to those. I'll have a look wow. at this one. You likey. <laughs> Again. I quite like that. There's mm. a house around here that has those ridiculous, you know, sloping roof all the way to the ground. And as kids, <laughs> we always used to try and ride our bike up it. <laughs> what do they expect? It's practically a ramp. Yeah, it is. You know, they didn't like that. They didn't want people riding up and down their side of their house, then they shouldn't have made yeah, it in that direction. Yeah. I'm just mm. saying they were wrong. But again, the detail and the like on this, so very... Fancy Tudor-esque, you know. Mm. It's, so when the foam comes to you, is it sprayed in that way? It's, it's sprayed in that way, yeah. Oh, wow. That's okay. interesting. So, so if you're if you're super lazy and don't want to do anything, just go, ah, you know, walls are one colour, riffs another colour, I'm good to go. <laughs> What's the massive A for? That's because this is the Avengers Tower. <laughs> I was thinking <laughs> that. <laughs> it's, uh, that's a big one as well. How big is that? Because I'm curious now. 26 centimetres square, Oof. 21 centimetres tall. Can you know, leafy well, pieces. It, it is a watchtower. It is. You're out with your tape measure again, aren't you? I can see you, Lloyd. Here it is. <laughs> that, that's, that's. <laughs> Tis this big. That's 260 there. 
Yeah, that's it. We got the. I don't see the front pin. The front pin did. Oh, so you can't see the A. I can't unsee the A now. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> say, you know. It's, the, just, it's A for adventurers. There we go. It's, it's A because the A-frame is the most stable structure since <laughs> time began. <laughs> the Egyptians knew us, and people have kept going with it throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. You can make a really nice light-tail oh, diorama face. That's a jerry picture. Yeah. <laughs> far away. Comes with the textured roof as well, then that's nice. Yeah, so it's actually built into the design of the foam. So that's cool. Yeah, uh, the nice break thing out about, the dry brush. <laughs> the nice thing about this foam is it captures all those details. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's used primarily in like the uh, movie industry for prototyping and for making nonsense like uh, props. So it, it right, yeah. picks up detail remarkably well. So clearly they've used something like a wire mesh on mm-hmm. the windows, mm. and then the foam is just taken all that detail yeah, yeah. Um, but like i said it's it's incredibly light but stupidly robust as well yeah yeah that's why i like most about foam buildings is dropping them and then being okay yeah <laughs> I, I tried to there was a big skull in the middle of the watchtower from games workshop that looked terrible to my eyes and i tried to cut that out and it was much, much harder than I expected whenever I went, this is just foam. It looks like foam. I can tap the bottom of it. It's full of bubbles. Oh. And then, you know, two days later with a hacksaw, I'm still trying to gouge my way down there. Um, All right, go back. There's something going on here. Go back to those ones we were just looking at. Well, I have no idea where we were. It was Lake Town, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Lake Town, yeah. Look yeah. at that. Now we've got Zeds. <gasps> if you get all the pieces, you might be able to there, spell a secret. There's some sort of secret message going to come out of this somewhere. <laughs> well, that's because you know, they have they have terrain that ranges from A, a to Z. Z. Oh. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we need to get out more. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> anyway, uh, castles and fortresses. Castles and oh. fortresses. Yes, please. I'll also have a, a very quick look. These are actually the... Uh, the orc tents are nice. These are the orc tents that GW sold in store. As oh, right. Shop terrain. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I didn't They've been around for a long time then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very much so. So wow. some of these will be replicated, but some will be exciting and new, like our castle southern walls. gate. Yeah. And standard castle walls. Always mm-hmm. difficult to get a, get a good castle wall. The dwarf Wow. Ah. And we'll finish off with some sci-fi, shall we? Wow. Wow, indeed. Wow, so, wow, wow. Oh, click that. We'll get a bigger image there. Yeah, perfect. Oh. So Man, that is so primed for a little bit of skirmishy fighting. Like around gorgeous. that staircase and everything. Oh, it's lovely. Say that. It also, it strikes me very Ankhmore pork. Yes. With yeah. the, the town walls becoming the actual city itself. So people yeah. living in them or on them or up them. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get a good castle at a reasonable price can be quite tricky. Yeah. As anybody who's looked for them knows, they're not the cheapest <laughs> in the world. Mm. What yeah. size is this castle wall? So five centimeters wide, 13 high, 24 long. That's not bad for 20 quid. Yeah. Does it have a lip on the inside? That's the thing you want to hopefully mm. see. Is it up. hard foam, oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's that. You see, mm, Hard foam, yeah. You've got to buy quite a few of them to have like an impressive set going on, though. It's about oh, look. Size it's of a ruler. Showing you how to sandpaper it down if you want to put a curved tower in. Yes. <laughs> Clever. Um, I mean, 
yes, you would need quite a few, but then you use gate pieces and things like that to sort of expand them. Most most castle walls, the old GW one was, I think, 12 inches, or it might have been shy of 12 inches, actually. Um, the old Mighty well, Fortress like a fort, one. I guess. We've yeah. Been, I know the Renedra one and the Warlord one by, oh, I can't remember who it is, somebody workshop, are both around that neck of the woods. They may actually be smaller than that because they're relying on people putting corner pieces in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's not... The way, the way I always see it as well is that I, d- I, d- I don't tend to see a castle just sat in isolation no. in the middle of a table either. I, I normally think of it sort of built into the corner, perhaps. Yeah. I mean, this so is, a, it's like this a is one of the gatehouses for it. Yeah. So you can expand away from this, and yeah. that would take up a big chunk. Or if you want to have a more sort of traditional, I open up the other gate tower, because I don't think I did. There's this as well. The town gate, though. That's pretty impressive. I like that. I assume it's just that piece in the middle. (laughs) And then the other parts are just walls. That explains why they're showing you how to uh, curve your wall. Uh, Oh, so so it's literally just the tower, not not the gate. I think it's the the tower. I'd assume it's the tower and the gate. But uh, there's town gate on it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd guess. Yeah, I think it's I think it's those both together, the tower Mm -hmm. and gate. If I do that. Really not an unreasonable price for a lot of this stuff as well, which is quite nice. So. Oh, it looks a lot bigger when you see it like that. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. It's a lot thicker than I thought. That's more That's more impressive than me holding up a tape measure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... A standard reference, want? Lloyd. That's the, yeah. They're awesome. Mm. I like the fact that it's got the lip on it so you can slot it on properly as well. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And the fact you've got options, you can have the covered tower or crenellated tower. Or even the mm. little round one. I mean that that whole setup, the one he's leaning on the back, is a ch- I mean it's 125 euro. Wow. But my yeah. god, look at it. Mm. Yeah. The thing that's quite nice about it as well is that obviously because all this done all of this is done with structural foam. Mm. But you could get a lot of that blue stuff, the blue foam that you can find in DIY yes. stores and that kind of thing. You not use not this to get all of the kind of um the really like big focal pieces. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then you build the walls yourself because if you just follow a similar style and style, design to yeah. like cutting in the brick forms and things into the blue foam you'd be able to do all the little bits and pieces that you need and maybe slot in additional pieces much much easier than- see how Definitely. hollow that is i thought mm. that that's interesting i thought that was just going to be one solid lump yeah i mean like- it tilts it you can see it. it's it's not just that it's super light because it's foam it's also yeah. practically hollow <laughs> yeah looks light as a feather as well that's where you build an entirely interior MDF structure and you can lift <laughs> off the top. And, or, the and hear me out here, not. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that, maybe that. Well, yeah. that's how you maybe could like put some lights or something in there if you drilled mm-hmm. some, oh, if you carved out yeah. windows and managed to push it through and things like that and then put mm-hmm. replacement windows in, you might be able to do I mean, some you lights. You use that as your inner Barbican. Oh, wow. And the other so stuff, cool. the outer curtain wall. Yeah. The main thing I like about this is the material is made in for the durability of it. Because we've been yeah. sent stuff as big as this in the past in the studio. Yeah. But they've been in resin and they've been smashed to bits in bet, the post yeah. before they've got to us. Yeah. Added to which, you've got cost of transporting. Mm. So resin resin pieces are not cheap. And then they weigh a ton, so they're going to cost more again. Uh, the fact that this stuff, it's bulky, but it's light. Yeah. You know, you have to MDF's the same. 
have MDF. to tether the box down. Yeah, M- MDF. Expensive to ship. Because it's just blocks of wood, essentially. Mm. But while he's... I, think I, I think I'd prefer if they sold the version that was already rounded off, though. If yeah. I knew, if I knew, I wandered round towers. I don't I, want to I, be sitting doing that myself after yeah, spending twenty twenty odd quid on it. You're very lazy. <laughs> <laughs> the, the problem then would be they'd have to make two separate molds, and then you've got you know if people aren't buying one or buying one over the other, then you've got a lot of dead stock sitting around. So, oh, they're hollow as well. I thought they'd yeah. be sold bits. Mm. So, Keeps it even lighter. It's a good way to go. It, that means that if you wanted to try and make it so that the walls didn't slide away from each other, you could put some kind of like little braces in between. Mm. Well, I thought uh, about just magnetizing. Or, or magnetizing, yeah. would do the same thing. Oh, I'll, look at that. We'll be coming oh. back to some of their building techniques in a moment because it's the other big part of this website. Wow. Um, but this this is obviously what Ben wants for Christmas. <laughs> do, you need a, do you need a moment, Ben? Uh. <laughs> <Wow>. Stunning. <laughs> It's it's beautiful. Now this is, like I say, one of the more expensive things they have on the website. One hundred and twenty-five mm-hmm. quid. How big do you think that is, Ben? Before I hit the product information. Well, it's out of stock already. Oh, if it's if, if it's if I'm doing this in dwarves, mm. I'd say that's at least what what's the frontage of a unit? What like five inches, ten inches, something like that. I'd say that's like the frontage of a unit would be a hundred mil. Hundred mil. Okay, so I'll say that's like, like four inches. So yeah, four, eight, 12, 12 inches longish, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got to be, be bigger than that, Ben. So twelve inches is about thirty centimeters. So this is Crikey. sixty centimeters wow. wide. So two foot yeah. wide, almost uh, twenty-six centimeters tall. So almost a foot tall, and wow. fifty centimeters Whoa. deep. I was seeing this as something a little bit more squat, but that's amazing. so. What we've learned here, Ben, is you're not very good at judging the size yeah, of things. Uh, in fact, in inches. because they've got they've got a few <laughs> things here where they've got dwarves on and around it, which will hopefully give you a better idea of yeah, scale. I was trying to judge it by dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well that is massive. That's huge. So that's Blue them playing in the inner courtyard. Wow! There's Gandalf on top of the tower. Hello, Gandalf. Hey, Gandalf. Hello. That would be good for reenacting my favourite book. <laughs> Digby the could biggest dog in the world. Could use it as a helm's deep. Could. Well. Could. You could. It's gorgeous. I can't believe how big it is. Mm. There's different levels on it, different places. Yeah. Quite the fortress. Mm. That's what you want to hear when you turn up your game club. You slap that down on the table and people go, I can't believe how big it is. That, <laughs> that, that's your day made when that happens to you. Yeah, going to make quite the slap be and that it's, um, you know, fine. Yeah. But while we're here, not just fantasy or historic, nice. also a bit of sci-fi. So if you're looking for some form of bastion, you like too that. can have that. And a good access ramp so you don't have to go, how do my guys get up? <laughs> <laughs> they did that on the one that the, well, it wasn't for sale. It was just for the GW stores. It was a very flat right. bunker and it had a little access ramp that sort of ran around the top of it as well. You're always trying to squeeze more people into it. Maybe. I'm definitely more keen on doing the whole historical or fantasy side of stuff yeah. with this mm. material simply because it does have a bit of texture to it. Yeah. But, if you're, but if you're going to go this grimy route, it works quite well. Hmm. I mean, that could you could even paint that as concrete, I suppose, with metal reinforcements on it. Yeah, go that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
But that's not the only thing I wanted to look at while we were here. Apart from all the terrain bits and pieces, they also do the various scatters and things that you'd, you'd be looking for. But a big part of this is the crafting tips pages, um, which are obviously the two guys we've seen there uh, from the, the video, but also other people who have bought their kits and uh, people who have worked with them. And okay. they've got some great articles, great blogs about how to convert, how to work with the foam material, uh, how to add in interesting bits and pieces to it. So the converting the cottage was quite nice. I seem to remember them sort of cutting into it and the desert houses as well. It also gives you a sort of a breakdown, how long it takes you to do it, what sort of skill level you need to be at to do it, oh. you know, to convert the two of the desert buildings into one. That's really neat. That like is that. really cool. So you get a whole step-by-step -step guide of what you, you know, need to do it with. What, you need, what the buildings, the little add-on accessory, and That's then fab. how to go through it. And then the other thing is, I would assume this is a safer material to be working with than, than a big block of resin. Yeah. But it won't be carcinogenic, won't it? No. <laughs> you would well, hope it, not. It, it might be. I could tell you I've got well, two tubs yeah. of it behind me. Might be going to be toxic foam, but yeah. It might be, I don't know. Just don't lick it, please. It's, it's too far away for me to reach back to. Uh, don't like it, don't inhale it. Your biggest thing is anytime you're sanding any of these, always wear a mask. But I absolutely adore the fact that they've gone, you know, here's our here's our stuff, and then here's what people have done with it. You know, you don't have to just sit with the same two buildings um, all the time. Yeah, if you're building up yeah. a village, you know, the two buildings are enough to give you basic stuff, and then you can start playing around with it yourself to make up bits and pieces. Um, converting the fisherman cottage again, similar thing. And just really nice tips in there about working through it, cutting it down, adapting it, and then using bits and pieces like balsa wood or um, lollipop sticks, whatever it happens to be, to, to add variations uh, and yeah. sort of build up the pieces as you go, making a balcony. There's that blue phone. <laughs> yep. You're just toying with me now. I was complaining bitterly you can't get it in Northern Ireland for some reason. <laughs> it's been grating me. People keep going, oh, you can order it from England. It's going, I can, yes. The, uh, nice thing about, the, price. the nice thing about this, I would assume as well, is that like if it does get damaged, you can kind of fill it back in, I suppose, with yeah. stuff. I mean, Whereas it's not it's easy like to resin. damage it. Well, yeah. But, but, yeah. but yeah, you're more likely to... It won't chip. You mm -hmm. could compress it by putting a lot. I know. I mean, you need to put a lot of pressure on it. In which right. case, yeah, a bit of plaster over the top, and mm -hmm. away you go. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, jobs polyfill are good. it all back in. Poly, yeah, polyfill mm -hmm. um, uh, is ideal. And then it was because because of the the texture of it, it would matter if that was kind of slightly grainy or whatever as well, because you'd effectively just be patching back over that. I guess. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. Very nice. How cool. So, yeah, um, a terrific idea, not just the, the fact that they sell all the stuff, but then also they go in and, and show you yeah. how to work with the material um, because hard foam is not something a lot of people will have worked with. Some people may have worked with XPS. Some people, a lot of people will have worked with wood or balsa or, you know, resin, mm. that type of thing. But it, it's not that it takes a lot to work with it, um, but, it, you know, it's nice to know that if you've never touched it before, you can actually just go in here, dive in, and start playing around. Um, although, yeah. why you would carve that beetle out? Always leave the beetle in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, uh, 
terrific little website with a whole host of stuff. Really cool. And well worth checking out if you're <laughs> interested in doing a bit of kit bashing, scenery building, or otherwise getting Ben at Dwarf Mountain. Might get a golden button if Ben gets sent to Dwarf Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Not that it, I'm bribing or anything. No. <laughs> well, what's the point being here if you're not bribing? <laughs> that's, that's my India of the Week for this week. The unpronounceable Zeterides. Zeterides? Whatever. <laughs> Let us know what you think below. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll be jumping into the news. Coming to you from the centre of Northwestern Europe. Covering board games, war games, card games, and all that sh- you love. It's the news. <laughs> See, we're diving back into some gaming news uh, for this week. Uh, we're starting off with some uh, brilliant stuff from Cromlech. So, uh, as people will know, um, last year they created a fantastic set of terrain that was designed specifically for Frostgrave. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was their official terrain set that they did for alongside Osprey Games. Well, they're back this year with another set of terrain to add on to that that all ties into this, which is the Blood Legacy expansion. Which is available now. (laughs) So, yes, this is all um, sort of themed around that book and the kind of things that are around that. So, in the book, it's all about sort of vampires who have awakened within the city of Felstad uh, and also the giant blooded as well that are stalking the streets and how the vampires have been using their blood to create sort of like an elixir that makes them more powerful. And then one of the scenarios is actually played out in Eventide Manor, as you can see there, which is this fantastic ruined manor in the centre of Felstad where the vampires may have made a home for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe you're even going to be creating a vampire yourself and leading a warband uh, throughout the ruins to have fun and explore and find treasures and things. But yes, this is a uh, large terrain selection from them, which brings together lots more of their HDF oh, terrain oh, alongside some resin pieces oh, as well. Do you um, know what would be so cool? If you go back to that thing with the picture frames, if you could get like little, do you know the way you get those hologram sort of pictures that change as oh, you're going? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, if you could get them in like human form and then vampire form that change depending on where you were, that would be cool. That would be very, very cool. <laughs> Look at it with a microscope, that would be the way. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they've got the Eventide Manor set, which we've seen. We've got the fireplaces, which you can see there, mm-hmm. which are looking very nice. Use them to sort of shovel like something more lived-in area that your perhaps your warband has made home in. So you sort of like put a fire on stuff. You've got the manor furniture there, which has all been sort of used to create blockades and all sorts of different things. You can maybe route around in those, maybe as objective uh, markers in the game, see if you can find some secrets. You've also got the ruined hallways set as well, which, as you might imagine, is a set of ruined hallways. <laughs> Pretty self-explanatory, but it sort of shows off a nice mix of their sort of resin stuff that they've put together for this as well. Um, so, yeah, really high detail bits and pieces that are covered in little tiny things to kind of build on the narrative. I like things like the, 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 um, the candles here and there, the show where people have passed through and you've got little discarded items and notes that have been left around as well for people to go and have a look at. There's even a portrait, as you can see there too as well. So, yeah. yeah. The uh, the manor has definitely fallen into disrepute. Uh, You've also got uh, the Haunted Gatehouse, which is um, designed for one of the scenarios within the campaign around Eventide Manor as well. So 
Uh, everything that you see here is kind of tied into stuff that you could play throughout the rule books. Mm -hmm. So that's exactly what they did with the the, um, the the previous range as well. All of them were tied to specific scenarios. So if you were going through it scenario by scenario, you could just pick up this terrain piece and use it in your games. We even did the same thing in, in our Let's Plays and things that we did as mm -hmm. part of the themed week for it. Is this um, all yeah. pre-colored stuff then? No, no. So it's uncolored. So you have to get the, the airbrushes or the, the paintbrushes out to paint this. I, dry brushing is your friend as well as lots of snow, I would imagine. So <laughs> yeah. also, you mean, yeah. copy the color scheme from the book like I did. Exactly. It looks much yeah, better than gray. Yeah. Uh, and then you've also got some stuff that is kind of uh, be useful across pretty much anything you're doing in Frostgrave nice. uh, so you have the rain squares and bridges and then there's also the walkways and arcades as well so this kind of enables you to sort of dive in and play around with height in your games um, one of the things that I really like about Frostgrave and a lot of skirmish games in general is that they they really like things to be high and low mm. um, just for the sake of dynamism. And obviously you can do that kind of thing when you've got individual models moving around. So I think these are really, really great and a sort of nice addition to things. Because then you can use these to uh, either frame a building perhaps mm. or use it to have a building sat, a, sat atop it. So for example, that large square there, you could sort of use it because it's all slightly modular to put the house on top of that or something if you wanted to and play around with that or a tower, for example. As well, you're so. one step away from doing canals or sewers with that. Exactly. Well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I just, wanted, I just wanted to point out so, yes, as I said, it's all sort of tied into the book. So, mm. as you can see there, look, there's the Eventide Manor campaign. Nice. So, yeah, if you go in and follow that, look, I've turned down the edge. Oh, what a horrible man I am. <gasps> <laughs> but, yeah, so it's all sort of fills into this book, and there's a whole bunch of different scenarios built for this. As you can see treasure walls mm. and all sorts of things. So, how dare you destroy a book that's actually good? <laughs> and look this one's even called the portrait gallery so, nice yeah. Da -da -da. so yeah that explains uh, all the pictures oh yeah that's portrait and if you are interested in more about this book I am going to be doing a little kind of first impressions of it next week so watch out for that as well so, yeah. Cool show off but yeah, so that's uh, everything for Frostgrave and Cromlech. Some really nice stuff there that kind of builds on what they've already done um, for people that just want to have a bit of fun and play around with some interesting scenarios. Um, yeah. We're then moving away from the fantasy and instead heading off to the realms of sci-fi uh, with Mini Wargaming and Laser Squire Games. So you may remember Jerry did an interview with Laser Squire um, earlier in the year where they kind of teased that they were working on something with Mini Wargaming. Well, Dave's <laughs> vision has now come to life uh, in the uh, form of the veil touched. Um, so this is a range that's going to be coming to GameFound at the start of 2022. Mm -hmm. um, no wonder it's not Kickstarter considering what they're doing with crypto. But anyway, that's a story for another, <laughs> another day. Uh, but yes, so the veil touched are his selection of kind of Chaosy, traitory, marine, space knights, cultists uh, that have been designed for, obviously, use in Warhammer 40,000 and all kinds of other Grimdarky-style games, maybe Grimdark Future from One Page Rules and that kind of thing. But it is going to be, we assume anyway, part of some kind of board gamey stuff that's coming up in the future as well for them because the Game Found page actually talks about it being like two to four player and that kind of thing. So some very cool stuff there. As you can see, Lord Davacus leads them. I wonder who that's named after. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then everyone else uh, in there has kind of been designed so that it can be used as kind of melee troops, ranged troops, the specialists in there, elite options and all kinds of different things there too. 
there is actually a whole bunch of fluff that's been uh, built in alongside all of these. Mm-hmm. So when you go over to the game found page, you'll see like whole paragraphs dedicated to who they are, who these characters are, how they're sort of integrated with the veil touched. Um, they have a kind of sort of event horizon style story in mm-hmm. that they were sent off into a warp uh, to go and hunt down things. And when they came back many, many years later, they turned out like this. Hence the veil touch. But yeah, so there's a really nice section for them here. Uh, a good set of both male bodies and also female bodies in there as well. So they've done a really good job with that. Uh, they've also done a set of like cultists and stuff as well. So it's not all big, heavily armored brutes with big weapons. Uh, you've also got some sort of scampering humans alongside them as well, which is pretty neat. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can see, for example, some of the female miniatures mm. are sort of like their, their own force as well, which is really cool. Um, they've also, uh, well, one of the things I really like about the models as well is that they, from Lazy Squire, they've done this really nice kind of detailed look to them. Hmm. So they are packed um, with um, with sort of like depth, which I think is quite nice because that means that you're going to be very, you can very, very easily paint these with washes or contrasts and then um, uh, dry brushing on highlights rather than mm. having to worry too much about doing it all individually with a, with a single smaller brush. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> Someone, someone, someone's going to do that <laughs> you know, if you're trying to get these to the table. So um, the, the thing that I will say about them is they look incre- they are incredibly detailed. Mm. Um, so much so that like a lot of people complain about Chaos Space Marines having a lot of sort of filigree and edging around their armor. These have even more than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so if you are paged enough to paint Chaos Space Marines, I'm sure you'll be on a, you'll be all right with these. But uh, Certainly something to be aware of because there's a lot of lots of nuts and crannies for yeah. them. It's certainly the art style that Lazy Squire have used before with yes, Storm Sunder and with yeah. Wild Ascent. Um yeah. and one of the things that I was very keen on whenever I was looking at the actual production miniatures was how close they came to the prototypes. So mm-hmm. where you've got all of that scrolly detail, it's all on the miniature and they're yeah. generally one piece. Nice. If they're not one piece, then they may a few of them may be pre-assembled, some of the bigger bits yeah. and pieces. But I mean, that will They've, all uh, be honest. Yeah. They, sorry, go on, Lloyd. What's this material going to be again? Is it going to be that PVC type stuff, or what? Yes. What are, yeah, so it's going to be the PVC uh, plastic that they've they've used in um, in previous games. So all presented in that way, and you get them in those big presentation boxes. So I would assume, as you were saying, Jerry, they're all going to be kind of like one piece. Hmm. Uh, maybe it's just for you to play around with. Uh, so. They're very punk, post-apocalyptic looking in some ways. The weapons, especially. <laughs> they do, yeah, they do look a little bit kind of like bosh together. The human ones, yeah, yeah especially. Uh, yeah. I'd be fascinated to see what they do game-wise because, yeah, see, with Lazy yeah. Squire, they're very narrative-driven, mm-hmm. heavily narrative-driven. Storm mm. Sunder is is an amazing book. Um, Wild Ascent, even the PvP arena battles are still very narrative and then mm-hmm. the actual wild ascent dropping through the the jungles for bits and pieces um mm-hmm. is is very story driven as well along the the lines of who you are why you're doing it i'm wondering if there's much of that coming in I, i'd hope so i mean i know that mini wargaming do a lot of um kind of like narratively driven scenario stuff over on their channel. So I would assume that kind of thing is carried through. And Dave obviously likes writing stories and, and stuff and building well, up background. And when he's not eating massive apples, you mean? When he's not eating massive apples, yeah. <laughs> um, 
uh, I can't remember what I was going to say now. So somebody else called about that. But yes, anyway, there's some really fun stuff happening from this and it'll be really neat to see what they do uh, when the sort of game plan kicks off and sort of what they unlock in the future. I was distracted by giant apples. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, yes. (laughs) Yes. There is some cool stuff coming up from Mini Wargaming uh, to go and check out and have fun with. This is what I was going to talk about, the scale. Yes. So the actual humans. So thank you, Jerry. So so the actual humans, as you can see, are about 32 millimetres. And then the actual characters at that stage are like 40 plus with like Davicus being over 50. I mean, obviously that's because of the scenic base involved as well, but they are definitely on the chunky side, which obviously gels quite nicely with a lot of stuff from Games Workshop and things. So... So yeah, yeah, really cool. No, I'm looking forward to and whenever I was talking Ooh. to Robert after we finished filming, he started mm-hmm. telling me about this. I was like, ah, it's not been announced yet. I shouldn't even have said that in the interview. That we were doing something. <laughs> but one thing he did say, um, and I'm not sure if this is still the case now, six months on or whatever it is, but the plan is a board game, but then you can chuck the board game in the bin and, Very cool. and have a actual tabletop game. Yes, using the same rule system as its core. So, oh, right, so right, they'll yeah. either be the board game for the board gamey people, or if you just play the likes of forty k or Warpath or One Page Rules or whatever it happens to be, and you're more okay with that and more Ooh. interested in playing an actual tabletop skirmish game, there will be rules for that as well. Very nice, uh, and it won't be a whole new rule system that you have to learn. The the pair of them will be more or less um, equal. So. Uh, Hopefully, they're still on course for that, but time yeah, will tell. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see what the other factions are going to be, because obviously yeah. they're in chaos. I'm sure, I'm assuming they're going to do something alien in the future. I think that'd be really fun to see. So, yeah. have to, well, maybe I'll have to dig through Dave's mind and find out what else is brewing in there. That'd be cool. <laughs> Yeah. I, you say that I don't want to dig through Dave's mind. You can't make me. <laughs> it's full of apples. <laughs> Tell me more about Merchants on the Dark Road Free. Take me oh. away from all this veiled nonsense. Well, Merchants on the Dark Road from Elf Creek Games is heading over to retail before the end of the year. So players won't be stepping into the role of your regular heroes that you anticipate. You're going to be taking the road as merchants. It's restocking equipment for all those heroes out there across the land. So Merchants of the Dark Road was initially on Kickstarter and it did absolutely incredible. So players use worker placement um, and they need to stock up their caravan within the city and travel out to all different corners of the map into isolated villages, woodsmen and deliver their fantasy goods. So just because you're one of the heroes as well, it doesn't mean that you're not going to be getting into a scuffle. There are bandits on the road that are lurking upon the merchants on the fearsome road that's ahead. And they're going to need to connect with different villages coming up against monsters as well whilst they carry all the world of goods. But it doesn't mean they have to do it on their own, as Jerry showed at the moment. Um, they don't have to do it solo. They're going to have and be equipped with a lovely, fantastical base aside with their own special abilities to help them get through the woodlands and the dark roads. A snow bee. A snow bee the one I was looking at as well. Yeah. Everybody defaults to snow bee. Nobody cares about phoenixes and dragons. No. Ice house. Have you ever seen a snow bee? Are they huge? No. I bet. I, I seen a bee the other day and it's pretty <laughs> and it's pretty late. And me and Warren were making terrain once and it was out in the garage and it was like Christmas time and a giant wasp chased us around in the garage. 
And we, were, and we were very scared because like a November, not a November, December wasp is going to be very angry. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you've woken me up in the middle of December. I shouldn't even be alive at this time of year. Very what are you angry. doing? Yeah. Just looking for somebody to stab with their stingy bum. Yes. These are the worst. But the aim of the game is to have raked in the most cash by the end of it. So any player that's got the most money in their caravan um, is crowned a winner at the end of it. So I game, really like the components. I think they, oh, it's yeah. delightful to look at. I love that it does embody the caravan on your player board. It, it's the inventory screen here. It's that yeah. we there. <laughs> I can't fit everything in my bag. No. Yeah. How can I jigsaw this? How can I Tetris this to make sure that I can get more in there? Because yeah. there's bound to be a way and yeah. there's not. No. You just have to end up getting rid of the armor because you're keeping the loot. <laughs> this would be right up your street, Ben. Medieval yeah. shop simulator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd love the sound of this. Very, I'd very definitely well. give it a go. So. Yeah, the game can be found online at the minute because it's in, it was Kickstarter. It was out mm-hmm. in, you can find a lot in the States at the moment, but you can expect this title to be hitting FLGS stores mm-hmm. in the UK at the start of next year. It's quite, must be quite a, a not involved, but crunchy game. Uh, if the mm-hmm. game is sort of one to two hours mm-hmm. for some something that sounds like it's a relatively simple premise. Yeah. Uh, there must be a lot of crunch in the rules too. It's it's not one of these you're Let me clarify something. move on. Go on. Oh, are we all working on the same caravan? No. We all, we all have our own shops. Yeah. You've uh-huh. got your own caravan to rake in the most money. But at some point and discover that nobody wants to buy your giant apples. No. But at some point we could have a convoy then as well. <laughs> Mix, you can join forces and both rake in the most. <laughs> Say nothing. Saying nothing. Moving on. <laughs> yes. To the world of infinity. Mm. So back to sci-fi. Uh, so Corpus Belli have announced what's going to be arriving on tabletops in 2022 in January. <laughs> they always have these sort of month-long looks ahead at what's coming up. Um, so we have something for pretty much all different factions. So we have the Shasvasti of Noctifier, as you can see here, which looks exceptionally cool. Mm. Um, you kind of get the idea that he is the perfect anime villain that stares away in the background with his cloak blowing in the breeze, <laughs> gazing down at the anime protagonist as he goes about his job, only to be shot in the back by that massive gun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. And once again, the combine looking amazing. Mm. I love everything about them. I love the style. They are some of the coolest aliens out there, I reckon. Uh, following on from them, though, we also have the JSA Action Pack. So if you wanted to get started off with the JSA, then you can do that with this selection that has been sort of designed for newcomers into the game to dive in and play around with. So you've got a couple of awesome characters in there. Uh, you've got your sort of standard troops. You've got that exceptionally cool-looking samurai robot at the back. Yeah, with the glowing katana. I mean, how awesome is that? Oh, I mean, look at that happy little kitten. It, well, yeah, we talked about cat ears a couple of weeks ago. So. Well, <laughs> yeah. well, you've got multiples then because the biker has cat ears on the helmet, mm-hmm. uh, and the little fluffy kitten is actually just a token, a marker for, oh, for the game. Oh, that's yeah. Um, so rather well, the diaphose ones, isn't it? I think, yeah. yeah. So rather yeah. than have an objective marker that's just something dull, you might have to escort this person out of harm's way. And of course, everybody's favourite sci-fi ninja, the Oniwaban, mm. God's oh, cool. gardener, chopping through everybody with a molecular blade. Mm. The thing that this I is, sorry, this is because the Japanese love their kitty cats. Yes, yeah. I think they love their kitty cats. They definitely I love Kit Kat. Did you know that? Too. They've got about 300 flavours of Kit Kat in Japan. They do, they do, yes. Yeah, green tea flavour and stuff. I didn't realise I needed that in my Kit Kat. Mm-hmm. 
They've got wasabi flavor. They do. They like to punish themselves. <laughs> uh, we've also got, stepping away from the JSA, we've also got the Beta Troops, Beta Troopers Remote Activity Unit. Uh, so if you wanted to play as O12 and command the streets, you have that option here as well. Um, I love I love the little tiny mascot. He's great. Um, but the thing that I really like about these is they kind of, and you'll see this with some of the other releases from this uh, from <laughs> January as well, is that they kind of like you they give off a vibe immediately. You can imagine these walking down the street with like a um something blaring from their sound systems being like get back indoors, citizens kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. They walk around and then you're like, oh no, I'm just going to the shops. No, bam, 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 <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> Not that they're evil or anything. Scroll um, down again. That guy looks like Marvin the Martian. He does look a little bit he like does. Marvin the Martian. If, if, if Marvin was cosplaying Captain America. Surrounded by his friends who are chappy. But yeah, really, really cool. I love that kind of like synthetic muscle design they've got mm. on these. Yeah. You see the same thing in the kind of undersuits for some of the JSA troops as well. Very, very <laughs> cool looking uh, stuff there. You've also got the Salamandra. God damn it. Yes. Nice one, yeah. Squadron, yeah. Uh, which again is one of those miniatures where you can almost hear it, like mm. that gun, and especially the way it's been painted, obviously by Ankel. You can almost imagine like the whine of the gun, sort of powering up and then just like letting rip, mm. and almost like this like tink tink sound afterwards, like a car turning over afterwards. Sort of like, oh my god, that'd be amazing, brilliant. Oh, I like them oh. because the old one was a bit static in comparison. Whereas this one is just like, oh, I'm going to oh, hose you down. <laughs> there's, there's the one. Yeah, I mean, he's very pointy. Ambiguate <laughs> yourself. We could barely see you. Oh, you can barely see me. People can oh. press their noses to the screens. But that's, oh, yeah, that he is, is very pointy. One. You had old pointy, and now you've got holdy gunny. So, ah, yeah. So, but yeah, cute nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've also got, talking of big stompy things, uh, we've got another walker, so you've got the Blackjack's 10th Heavy Ranger. Oh, hello. Mm. So if you want, again, a model that if you could hear it, it would make a sound. <laughs> well, if you could think about it, it would make a sound. So you've got that massive gun that's just going to be firing away into the distance. Uh, oh, brilliant stuff. That's and cool. look, the other thing that I really like about it is that he didn't think that the big minigun was enough. He's also got a massive mech-sized revolver. Yes. He's, he's gone with. full dirty Harry. Yes. It's, it's not the worst part, though. Could you Can see I... what it says there on the big black thing on the front? Is it a, is it a mortar? It's a claymore mine claymore front thing, towards the enemy. Stop! So if people get too close, That's what I mean. explode their faces? Yeah. Quite literally overkill on Amazing. that line. Yeah. Hug, yeah. hug and run. <laughs> an amazing piece uh, that I think would be a lot of fun. Uh, I'd love to see some people sort of playing around with this to make it like, mm. look slightly more action-packed. Yeah. Uh, maybe have, like, the gun held up, like, sort of to the side with the ammo spent and then him, like, pointing the the revolver at something with a couple of shells flying mm. out of it or something. But, yeah, very, very cool. Uh, something that I'm sure a lot of people want to pick up to some, blow some tags up with. I think that'd be very nice. Yeah. Um, tags up. <laughs> Finishing things off, we've also got the Yao Fang Long Ya. So these are some additional bits and pieces for those people who want to play as Yujing and stuff. So Super fantastic, right? I the thing that I really was like weirded out by these is like the little face, the little sort of white the, face there, and on the crotch yeah. as well. They oh, make yeah. they look like sort of like weird kabuki style theater things. As if they're trying to like, oh, look, we're nice and happy, and then we're going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly the same as why yeah. Krang is sitting about the same height in his robot suit. It's because yeah. you, if you lean down to talk to him face-to-face, you get bobbed to the head. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
But yeah, looking very, very cool. Uh, a different sort of style, I think. Yeah. A lot of stuff I we've like seen uh, from Infinity. Um, almost, almost a little bit ALF in many ways, actually, I thought mm. the design. But um, very nice indeed. So you've got something for a whole bunch of different factions in Infinity. Uh, they should be coming out for everybody to pick up sort of the tail end of January next year. So fun Sweet. stuff ahead for Infinity. And we have plans too, so mm. watch out for that. And obviously yeah. JSA are best, just saying. I mean, they do look the coolest. So, yeah, well, though, you know, combined. But anyway, uh, I've gone off Ariadna, you see. I've gone off Ariadna. I kind of like the aim. You should have started with the What was that last set we were looking at with the crotch creature? Well, there you, Jing. Yao Fang Long Long Ya. You completely put me off then, though, saying that there's like two faces and one's on a crotch. Yeah, I, exactly. Yeah. I didn't say this. Ruined them from eBay. That's why they're disturbing. <laughs> Don't worry. It'll be the front cover of this week's show for anyone yeah. to see it. The crotch big monsters? smiley face. Big round circle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving away from that, we're going to the realm mm. of the historical. Um, so. Uh, Warhost, who create the Barons War, have now made the uh, death and taxes supplement available through uh, Footsaw Miniatures and Games, as mm. is their proper title. Uh, you can pick up the book either in PDF form or physically, although if you get the physical version, you also get that rather awesome free Outlawed Noble, as you can see there, exceptionally well sculpted, mm. uh, pretty much like all of the Barons War range. Um, so we already know this is going to be appearing in one person's project. <laughs> uh, when, so, it, when it says plus PDF, I mean a PDF of that. So you get the physical version and the PDF yeah, version. So you get the physical version of Death and Taxes, you get the PDF, and you can get the Outlawed Noble if you buy the physical version. So yeah, okay. Cool. And then you uh, buy what? The other main rulebook to go along with this? Yes. So you need to buy the the Baron War, the Baron Wars rulebook as well. Uh, but uh, I would imagine you're going to be you you will have already picked that up if you're going to be diving in and checking this out. Um, in this book, you'll be traveling to the village of Wimmington, uh, where you will be doing something fairly familiar to a lot of people who know their English history and folklore. You'll be either taking on the role of uh, the dastardly servants of Prince John, or you'll be playing as a band of outlaws trying to stop these royalist forces from stealing all the taxes from the poor people and farmers. Mm. Um, does that sound familiar? <laughs> it should do, because there's models of all those characters. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as well as including that entire narrative campaign in there where you play through a series of different games that are all linked together, which is very cool. Uh, they've also got tips and rules in there for making your own map-based campaigns as well. So mm -hmm. they've wanted to dive into the game, which is more on the end of skirmish, I would say, than it is sort of like a larger scale battle game, which is very cool anyway. Yeah. Uh, you'll be able to dive in and play around with that and sort of fight for control of uh, Britain. So you could have, you know, turn the map of uh, the UK into hexes and then fight over those as you would with your forces, which I think would be pretty awesome. Or make it slightly more narrow, narrowly focused, maybe do it around Nottinghamshire or something. Well, I was thinking how far and wide are we talking about fighting? When you're saying turns the UK into hexes, well, uh, pretty much all of England, Wales, and Scotland at the very least. Although, of course, there are also campaigns over in Ireland and everything as well. So, yeah, so you could pretty much do everything. So, yeah. you can go nuts. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a lot of barons, <laughs> a lot of wars to be <laughs> had. It's a popular thing, too. Didn't I'm going to veer us off here? Didn't War Games Atlantic just recently have a poll? Well, they were asking what do people want us to work next or make next. And I think mm. it was all, I think at the top of the poll, it was all um, medieval night type stuff. Interesting. Yeah, they have one of those semi-regular bases just to test the waters and see where they're up to. But yeah, there, there were an awful lot of um, armoured and 
yes. probably sort of stuff got right up there. So mm. who knows when we'll see that? Although I know what's I coming next. Be soon. So, <laughs> yeah. That soon. Yeah. Goths, Goths were announced this week. Mm, Tooling yeah. found their way. Yeah. <laughs> so it's period, it's period of time and a sort of style of model that's really taken off at the minute. Yeah, we've all, I guess we've all been dark aged to death, and now we're moving into <laughs> just advancing the uh, <laughs> just moving on line. Yeah. <laughs> advancing well, the storyline of England. Is that we've already, already looked right? at England. No England. spoilers. Angerland. Yeah, uh, we've we've already looked at stuff in previous Indie of the Weeks and stuff where we've seen lots of different companies who do miniatures that are specifically for this kind of period. So uh, if you want to go check it out, it's not one that's. Um, Lacking for no. scope of miniatures, true. so hmm. you, don't, you don't have to stick in England. Uh, no, the, no. There's over three models, so you can have a crusade. Yes, yeah. they had one of their own. They called it the Barons Crusade. They named it after themselves. <laughs> or Donald Trump's youngest son. I was going to say, yeah. one or the other. <laughs> That's his own kind of campaign. Yeah. Yes, yeah. very different one. Right, some big, big. Big news. Mm, big, big, big uh, news. Well, Asmodee, as you all know, have been acquiring across board game publishers like there's no tomorrow. So they've got mm. Z-Man, they've got Lookout, they've got Fantasy Flight. To me, they're a tabletop giant, Asmodee. So what's made me realise recently that there is always a bigger fish because our giant has just been completely consumed by a tyrant. So the Embracer Group are incredibly influential in their industry, um, although you might not have even heard of them. Never heard of them. Exactly. Well, they have picked up Asmodee, and they're the people that own THQ Nordic, Gearbox Entertainment, Coffee Stain. They own a lot. So I have coffee stains. You've got coffee stains. Wow. <laughs> Well, they're going to be taken over by Embracer Group. Gary so. didn't realise that he was a multinational corporation. <laughs> I've heard of Valheim. Yeah, yeah, Valheim. I mean, Galactic, yeah. oh, go simulator. Go simulator, exactly. So can we see this? This is what I want to know. So are we going to expect more video game stuff like Goat Simulator coming onto the tabletop? So THQ Nordic was the biggest name for me on there because they've got Darksiders, Destroy All Humans. Um, and then you've got ones with the Borderland fran franchise as well. You've yep, got yeah, Duke Nukem, Brothers in Arms. So they've got 500 plus IPs behind mm. them, um, all across PC, console and mm. mobile gaming. So, so you're now, wondering, are they going to board game a file or do these, are they? Yeah, I, I mean, it's potential. So you might see Arkham Horror, the video game, or something like Bleeding is for those who suck enough to get injured, Duke Nukem, the card game. You know, we could see loads <laughs> of different stuff. but. It's really interesting. It's an awful lot of money to spend. What was it, a billion quid? It was over a bit. I think it was one point. If you're sitting there thinking, oh, we've a load of IPs, let's make some board games. A billion quid's a lot to spend to make board games. I, I don't know if it's actually going to impact us at all. Yeah. In any way, shape or form. Um, Asmodee was owned by a hedge fund. Mm -hmm. and they wanted to offload for three billion during the summer and have been whoring themselves around looking for a buyer. <laughs> and this is just going to be, I have no doubt, embrace your big... I've also noted out they're also probably a bank or hedge fund mm. um, backed, and they've simply bought it for the stock options and won't act. They're not probably. actually specifically yeah. looking for something that they can use to yeah. spread Change. their IPs. It's it's just a, a shell company yeah. that owns a lot of stuff that's going to. But it could be better because you got rid of a load of bankers. Well, you know, it might be. <laughs> I remember when Asmodee picked up um, things like Star Wars and. 
and all the rest. Uh, and we thought, oh, well, this is going to be massive because they're such a huge company. But they more or less just let Fancy Flight do whatever they wanted, which yeah. very badly support the game and community. At no point did they did they throw their power and muscle behind it. At no point did we see Star Wars in every shop and with hard plastics from the release. No, it, it was just another another license to own and another company to have sitting as uh, collateral behind it. So we might see it sort of impact. I, I, I think it's just going to be but, another thing that just sort of fades into the background. Potentially, for, for me, it's an interesting one because it feels like if they don't do something with it, it feels. Like- like it could be a little bit of a missed opportunity because they have all these companies that, are, like for example, Fantasy Flight Games are very good at handling. Well, they were very good at handling licensed games. Mm-hmm. They've now obviously lost a lot of those, and they've gone very much more in-house over the last while. But very good at printing card components. I wouldn't necessarily say they're very good at doing licensed games. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Warhammer Fantasy will play third edition. I mean, that was awful. But it was god awful. <laughs> But like things like Battlestar Galactica, when that came out, that was so good that they've revamped it into un- unfathomable and that kind of thing. So yeah. they have got a pedigree in this. And then you've got people like Z-Man and everybody who are also involved with this, and they can do pretty solid op- uh, you know, versions of cardboard and card games. Doing something like Borderland stuff just seems like it would be a great option for them to try and do, especially with the success of that recent Borderlands Kickstarter that was yeah, definitely. In, uh, Monster Fight Club and that kind of thing. Mm. Um, so there is definitely something that they could play around with and have fun with for this. Yeah. Um, whether or not they do, I think, is as Jerry says, is another thing because they may just be interested in the money side of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I know that they they specifically said, I think, in one of the, I think it was an announcement article, that nothing is changing in terms of the higher-ups for either company. So FFG, Asmodee will still be the same. They're just owned by a different person now. So um They'll continue doing what they're doing. I, I guess it, time will tell whether or not someone up in the higher echelons of these companies goes, hey, wouldn't it be cool if X becomes X? Yeah. And I think that's where it, it's lame because down at the bottom of the kind of press release, they did turn around and say that it just opens a door for kind of cross-pollinating between the two industries. So it's interesting mm. to see. And I think the thing that did blow my mind about this news is because I've always kind of looked at Asmodee as this huge mass and just out of nowhere this nowhere quiet group has just gone yeah we'll have that and I've oh oh okay that's that's gone to another one so as I said there really is always a bigger fish to take on speaking of cross-pollinating crossing the streams Ben yeah an old friend returned yes so do you remember well I certainly do do you remember Space Marine the amazing Warhammer uh, 40,000 video game, possibly one of the only really good ones alongside the likes of Vermintide and some of the uh, Warhammer Total War, also very good. Shadow of the Horned Rat, also very good. But then everyone oh, else kind d- of... D- like, oh, you're in Dawn of War, yeah. And then all, there's all the mobile crap. Bleh. But anyway, <laughs> Warhammer 40,000 Space Marine was freaking awesome. Playing as Captain Titus, rocking around, weirdly enough, was a THQ game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, stomping around, smashing up orcs, kicking ass, taking names. Well, 10 years on, this came out in 2011, 10 years on, Warhammer 40,000 Space Marine 2 has been announced by Sabre um, Interactive and Focus Entertainment. Yes, and um, before you say anything, yes, we know this was shown at the Game Awards two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> but we're right. excited. We film these later. <laughs> but anyway, so yes, 
this is going to follow the story of Captain Titus. Award, game awards. <laughs> yeah. It's going to follow on from um, Space Marine 1, where at the very end of that, spoilers for an, a 10-year-old game, uh, Captain Titus was taken away by the Inquisition and the Black Templars um, for being able to handle material from the warp. Um, things have moved on a little bit since then. He has a couple more studs in his head, which is a couple of hundred more years. Um, he also is now... as crossed the Rubicon Primaris because he's now been turned into a Primaris Lieutenant. Of course he has. Of course he has. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and now he's setting down on a, a Imperial world that is being surrounded and basically eaten alive by the Tyranids. So, what, what were the orcs like in the original game? Were they goofy? They were proper old school goofy orcs in many ways, yes. But also terrifying when you had to face down a knob. So, yeah. Uh, so mm, I'm sure it was. I'm... <laughs> I'm guessing that this will have a slightly different tone then to it because it doesn't have the goofy sort of orc in it. Exactly, yeah. So this is obviously switching tack to Tyranids, which are effectively, well, they are thinking, but sort of a mass of monsters that just want to eat and destroy and rip everything to pieces. Um, So yeah, I think things are going to be switching to a slightly more of a horde-style mentality compared to the way that you fought orcs and the Chaos Space Marines in the older version of the game. Um, The thing that I quite liked about this is that, um, and you'll see it later in this when they show some of the gameplay footage, also no of awesomeness for thumbs up the Cadians actually have purple eyes because of course they do because that's what Cadians have so these guys clearly actually care about what they're doing which is cool um, but um, ah, your planet's gone yeah <laughs> your planet's gone but you still got your eyes yeah. um, uh, is that this is from the same studio that did the World War Z um, video game which did a lot with kind of like masses of zombies charging towards positions so using that kind of those same game mechanics and then switching that over to tyranids i think is going to be a really interesting thing mm. for kind of dealing with the swarms of tom termagants and hormagants coming after you and chasing you down um obviously uh captain tyson is returning as we said and here you can see some of that awesome uh uh gameplay footage as well looking very cool even at this point oh my God, that's going to ruin my PC. Better buy it on PlayStation. Uh, (laughs) uh, Is that um, Mark Strong won't be returning as the voice of Captain Titus, which is sad because I thought Mark Strong did an exceptionally good job. Uh, But he's going to be replaced by uh, Clive Standen, who people will know as Rollo from uh, the Vikings TV show. Who had a similarly gravelly, awesome voice. Um, Clearly crossing the Rubicon Primaris changes your vocal cords as well as your size and stature. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I'm really looking forward to this. I really enjoyed the original game. Weirdly enough, the day before this announcement came out, or more or less, I actually played through the entire of the original game, as you can see in my lovely live stream. Oh. <laughs> there I am. Oh, it's Ben. Yeah. Uh, so I played- hot tub, Ben. Benception. <laughs> uh, so I played through it. It was really good fun. It's still as hard as it uh, as it was back in the day as well, even on normal. Uh, but yeah, really, Get really fun stuff. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've been set. I've been obviously with all the hype that came out with the trailer. I've been looking at going to play the first one, and it just looks. Uh, Gears of War are one of my favourite. The trilogy, not the one. Yeah, uh, really one of my favourite. Ga- and it does look very Gears like. Um, especially with the two, two look like locust. It was, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, a game that I think a lot of people should definitely go back and check out. If you want to play it free, it's on Steam. It's fair. I've got it. (laughs) I've just got to play it. You shall own it. Uh, But, yeah, a really good game. Really nice to see it back. And, again, thank God, as I was saying, that Games Workshop are actually looking at teaming up with companies to create proper big budget video games again because – 
we've had, you know, obviously we've had Vermintide. We're going to have Dark Tide coming out next year as well, which looks pretty cool, sort of first-person shooter one. But there are so many that are just kind of like mobile, porty bull uh, that I think need to be sort of shoved to the side. I mean, yes, if you enjoy them, that's great, fantastic. But there's so much jank out there. I was looking up the... the no, no, I, no. Let's just, just, let's just leave it as mobile porty bull <laughs> uh, I was don't, don't apologize Ben I think you've been nailed on the head with that yeah I was looking up the Inquisitor Eisenhorn game that had come out a couple of years ago and I was like oh I remember that I wonder if it actually turned out being any good no <laughs> bloody awful it, it, it was uh, this was back when T- Total Biscuit rest his soul uh, was around and he was reviewing it and he said it was he was god tier awful so yes oh. uh, I really, really hope that a lot of stuff is going to be sort of like sorted out. We see lots more of these kind of like big budget games coming out for 40K and Age of Sigma because there is room to do that. And it's not like Games Workshop, you know, they're a small company, but they're not that small. They could put some weight behind it to kind of make all these come to life. I'd love to see a proper role playing game, you know, based around Wrath and Glory, for example, or something. I think that'd be really fun. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah. Big stuff. Aren't they going to be too busy for that, though? Can't wait, well, off concentrating on their TV show. Uh, <laughs> that they've been talking about for years and years and years. Well, I mean, I've been I've been watching Warhammer TV. It's not bad. It, it could do with a lot more stuff in it per week, but you know, well, this not- is my point. Maybe they'll be too busy thinking. Well, we need to be focusing more on that oh, side maybe. of things than mm-hmm. video game side of things because it's literally their own service. Yeah, that's that is true. Well, yeah, I guess we'll see how things go. Maybe. Maybe all of Henry Cavill's dreams will come true. Maybe he'll, fun, he'll fun, funnel some of his millions into the <laughs> into the program. Oh no, he's not that stupid. He won't do that. <laughs> uh, <but> yeah. <laughs> this is where we find out. Everybody's been guessing who he might play. This is where you just find out he plays everyone. <laughs> what we're wearing a version of forty k. <laughs> but yeah, um, so yes, one of forty thousand Space Moon Two. If you're excited for it, I'd love to hear about it in the comments. Really, really cool looking stuff. Glad to see Titus back after all this time. So, yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Ben needs to go and have a wee lie down. <sighs> so, while he does that, we're going to take a quick swish. And when we come back, we'll be diving into the world of 3D printing. Okay. So, Ben, this week you found cast in play. Mm. Any relation to kid mm, play? No, unfortunately not. But mm. um, there may be some there may be some kids in there for you to print, I guess. But <laughs> uh, they have a, <laughs> they have a my mini factory store for us to go and check out, as mm-hmm. well as a tribes option as well, which is their kind of like inbuilt funding system for you to go and have a tinker and play with. Mm-hmm. But cast and play um, do uh, a smorgasbord of different options. Mm-hmm. Um, they cover pretty much everything. They they do the kind of standard stuff that you would imagine a lot of people do. So you've got things like adventurers and things for using D and D. They've got a section of sort of like larger monsters and that kind of thing as well. Uh, they've done an entire range just based around the idea of kobolds. I love this. I, yeah, I really like the kind of like townsfolk and stuff they've done for this, and mounts and things that you could use for your heroes or in your skirmish games, or maybe just to fill out a stable in one of your tabletop games as well. I think Unbridled really cool. horse. <gasps> a rare don't, get, don't get enough of those. Yeah, oh. is that one at the back as well in a different yep. position? No, oh, bananas. bananas. Oh, that's uh, smaller. That's mm. impressive. Like, like bosses, Jerry. <laughs> get two at once. Two at once. <laughs> but, um, but yes, so they've done a whole bunch of different things, and they've been aware, they've been around for quite a while as well, actually, because they've 
created quite a repertoire of different options for people mm-hmm. to play around with. One of the things that's quite nice about a lot of their stuff is that it um uh it like it like fills those gaps that you'd find within collections by doing things like producing sort of drunken patrons for taverns and NPCs that you might meet around on the streets and that kind of thing as well, but then f- does them in a really nice sort of detailed way as well. Um, there's a lot of layers and, and sort of depth to their, a lot of their sculpts. You can see it quite literally here in the, in the form of the way the dress is falling on this particular female noble. I just thought it was very nice indeed. Um, oh yeah. So very nice. They, they would look particularly good in some Victoriana style stuff. I was, gonna, <laughs> I was just going to think <laughs> you can cool. use those as a player character. In there, Go back a page, Jerry. To the menu you were on where you opened these just from. All oh, right, this one. Well, no, no, no. You were on it just there a second ago. That one. What else have they got? Is this all farmyard stuff then? The pigs. Got building like <gasps> building like Those a town peeps. or a town or rural setting sort of thing. Yeah. So you could build up a little village or a, a little sort of market town, perhaps, or something on the tabletop. Look, so, yeah. Both hay bales and haystacks. Mm. Oh, Pickalian farmers. <laughs> one or it, the other, not both. Is it a, is what it is a your giant, trait? Is it a giant haystack? Uh, well, you know, it might be a giant haystack. <laughs> is there a big daddy to go with it though? Yeah, I imagine we've got right in there. Mm. It's so big, you need a ladder. Many pitchforks. <laughs> it looks like it's killed Big Bird, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think there's a couple more spare pitchforks underneath it. <laughs> Uh, all, all of the stuff that they do is uh, pre-supported, I should say as well. So um, it's all come so that it'll work on your 3D printers nice and easily. You can do what John does and just click and go, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and that works particularly well for John. So I'm sure it worked well for everyone else who mm-hmm. can uh, 3D printing a go. Um, they also do lots of bits and pieces that can be used to kind of like as incidental things to draw you off in different ways to do different campaigns and things. So maybe using these as the basis for um sort of like a, a sort of ancient greek jason the argonaut style adventure oh, yeah. uh, twin the miniatures that you're seeing here with some of the terrain that they've done for kind of like ruins and temples and stuff mm-hmm. and then suddenly you've got an entire adventure that's sort of come to life on the tabletop which i think is really nice um some of their nice stuff if you go to the if you go up a little bit jerry <sighs> there's one called the i think it's the cursed crew which is a set of like pirates and stuff that yeah. bar is beautiful so you've got like a proper big haunted ghost ship, a haunted crew and everything as well, sort of floating into battle. Slightly more cartoony, I guess, sort of themed after kind of like Sea of Thieves and stuff, uh, which is obviously very nice, a really fun game to dive into and play. Uh, Sectional. But, uh, yeah. Very nice. You could expand it very easily. Yes, exactly. You can use different decking plates to make it larger and stuff, which I think would be really nice. Uh Again, kind of like themes itself after the idea of you use this for a specific adventure or you make it into something like in a role-playing game or you use this as the basis for a little fun miniatures game with your friends and things. You know, take one of the rules out there that's all dedicated towards pirates and stuff. Make your own cruise. Dive in and have fun. Great. That's a nice bit of scatter there. Just to transport my barrels full of octopus. Yeah! (laughs) Pickens of the sea. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh, they? that's what it means floor, then or <laughs> scrubber imps they have a chuck there I think as well which is oh cool. yeah from Monkey Island oh look at them 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, they don't seem unhappy and their life no, is forever exactly. yeah, yeah. The thing that I quite liked about this set is that it kind of gives me, occasionally with some of the miniatures, sort of like a Malifaux-y vibe as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you get away with using them as alternative crew members and things like that in, in games of Malifaux, which is pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Um one of their more, uh, one of the more recent ones, I think, is the one that you, were, I think, you clicked on it, Jerry. Was the adventurous stuff? I, so I hovered over it. That bar, that that bar on the right hand side is gorgeous. Yes, yeah. <sighs> adventurous Guild bar and the yeah. quest board is very nice as well. I like that. The well, big giant right here anywhere. And, aren't they? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, a really nice collection of things that again, obviously themed towards Dungeons and Dragons and that kind of stuff. Um, a lot of the time with with these proper bases. Exactly. Yeah, the, the bases the terrible are, ones. <laughs> the bases that you see for these, I think, are really, really good because they obviously then don't just apply to the miniatures you're printing as part of this. You could use them for a whole range of different things, and because obviously you've got the 3D printing files, you're not having to spend you know copious amounts of dollars, pounds, or euros in order to buy lots and lots of you know precast ones. You can just print them all off yourself, and bases are pretty freaking easy to paint mm-hmm. to, to print off as, as we've seen in the past so um and warren has done a lot of them <laughs> um so yeah they're, they're definitely something that i think would be is something you'll probably overlook when it comes to something like this but they're a key thing that i think a lot of people should definitely check out and, and add into the mix i love that the quest board is covered with arrows <laughs> i love and that i guess that have been thrown at it I like the idea that maybe occasionally someone who owns the bar comes up on stage and is like, and here are nine quests, Potter. And then he's chased off by drunken <laughs> adventurers who throw knives and shoot arrows at him and stuff. <laughs> I just assume that's how they just decided just to do like what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. We'll do that one. Oh, <laughs> another bloody dragon. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, some fun stuff that's full of character, which I think is nice. For sure. Talk about being full of arrows. Yeah. Huge. <laughs> He's a beefy fellow. Oh, pipe smoking madame. Nice. I wonder if you're the owner of the tavern or the nearby bordello, perhaps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why not both? <gasps> yes. And a dwarf. And all of a sudden it all becomes very clear why we're here, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> That's hey, well, gorgeous. Crafty, it's, all, yeah. it's a nice mount, yeah. I like that guy. He's cool. You don't see enough Dragon Ball. I find it's not much Dragon Ball. They've, right. they've started. They've started to do a little bit more of that with kind of like the official lines and things. But you never see a lot of people branching out and doing. It. They tend to do all the classic fantasy races and then steer clear of the likes of Dragonborns and Tieflings and stuff. But uh, do Dragonborns oh. hatch from an egg? Not necessarily. <laughs> That's a very good question, yeah. though. <laughs> Lizards, of course they do. I, th- I think you should decide that for yourself. <laughs> let's let's know in the comments where you think yeah. Dragon Ball come from. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's very kind of like um, Warcraft. high yeah. epic like fantasy. Yes. Um, yes, very worried. <laughs> Especially the hammer, yeah. Mm. But um, he's hiding his face. <laughs> or she's hiding her face, I guess. But uh, yeah. Oh. Uh, but yeah, it's a nice section of different things in there that you can use for printing things off. Again, as I say, full of detail and, and sort of character and stuff. So yeah. they should hopefully, fingers crossed, come out all, all right on your printer. And uh and makes for some interesting new projects to paint. So. Mm-hmm. Has he got one of those things for measuring your feet strapped to the bottom of his apron? <laughs> it does look like it, doesn't it? Yeah. It does. <laughs> Why does he need to know the size of my feet before I can have a pint? 
Well, he's an innkeeper. So. Mm. Maybe that's how they check to see if halflings have come in. They'd be like, oh, 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 you're a small child. Are you a child or a halfling? Ah, oh, there yeah. we go. No. Massive yeah. feet. You're a halfling. <laughs> that's okay. We can serve you. Depends well, what maybe, room you get. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they go the other way. You're a halfling. Get out. Here's we only, beer, we only, we only let yeah, children drink here. <laughs> All for that. So apart from the My Mini Factory, they also have this tribes thing. Yep. So tribes is sort of like the uh, a fundraiser built into, uh, or like a subscription service built into my mini factory. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe there is also a Patreon as well. Uh, but if you don't want to, if you want to stay within the one service, you can sign up through the tribe system, and it gets you exactly as you would have got through Patreon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get a bundle of miniatures every month. Um, this month is obviously tiled. Uh, styled towards the sort of adventuring guild and that kind of thing. But uh, a lot of the time you'll not only get stuff that is available for that month, but also a bunch of additional bits and pieces that are sort Mm. of like then built in as part of a welcome package of that kind of thing, uh, which cast and play do, but um, as you can see, an amazing selection Mm. of awesome stuff there. I particularly like the giants and those armored individuals in the center. I think they look exceptionally cool. The torture chamber's great. Oh yeah. Yeah. Fab. Bit of an Iron Maiden going on. It's all good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all good. Interesting stuff. So cast mm-hmm. play. Cast and play. Uh, yeah. On my mini factory. Mm-hmm. And allegedly perhaps on Patreon as well. Yeah. There'll, there'll be some links down below. Here. Exactly. There'll be some links down below if you want to go and check it out. Um, as I say, they've been around for a while. They've been doing a lot of stuff, um, as is the one with all of these um, 3D printing companies now. So uh, there isn't there is no um, there's no lacking for things to go and explore and dive into. We barely touched the surface. There are even some cosmic horrors, and we know how much <gasps> Jerry likes some cosmic horrors from last week. So, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Still having to recover from that. <laughs> but anyway, if you fancy checking it out, if you're a 3D fanatic, then cast in play on my mini factory and tribes. Mm-hmm. Finishing off the show, time to take a look at some Kickstarters. And who have we got this week? Well, there is the most adorable Kickstarter at the moment, and it's <laughs> built for 5E. So players will get the chance to take on a role of little tiny baby gobos, fresh from spawn, ready to go to their first adventure. So <laughs> before I get into it, what do you think the actual correct word for a baby goblin is? Is it a goblet? Is it? But they've used gobbling with an ing, gobbling. so gobbling. Yeah. Um, but as you know, whimsy is what keeps my brain ticking over. So uh, <laughs> when you do see some unusual t- suspects uh, burying their head into the world of whimsy, tiny goblin winky. Oh, I know, <laughs> so whimsical, um, and it's certainly it's something that's making me smile. Yeah, there he is. Yeah, no clothes for these gobos. Certainly not. So these goblins are straight from spawning. Um, they're tiny, they're fresh, and they've been asked with an incredible and important mission and adventure. They need to head out into the big bad world where all those horrible humans live, um, and monsters lurk around each corner. So I can't hope- stop seeing Goblin Winky. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Oh, oh wait! Oh look, this goblin. Ah, Goblin Bottom. Goblin Bottom. Bless him. Look at her. I just, oh, I'm seeing it now. Look, you can even see it from a distance. Luckily, their nose covers up there. Is that high? <laughs> anyway, we've hoped, they are hoping to uh, leave uh, and bring back the perfect gift for, as you can see, the most ravishing queen of the goblins. Oh, where are we zooming into? Oh. Ooh, ooh. oh. But the, uh, the goblins are 
completely uh, unequipped with everything that's outside <laughs> in the big bad world. So they've got no weapons. They've got no idea what kind of mischief's out in the open world. And it just sounds like a lot of fun. So including the campaign, there is a 25-page adventure that you'll get. And you get all of your maps done in the similar art style on which you see there, which I think is absolutely darling. Um and you will control the gobos and make their journey away across the new and exciting world. So you never know. You might decide that you never want to return back by sunrise because they do threaten you. If you don't come back, we're going to come looking for you. So the adventure is completely yours to where you go. So it's really awesome to have a small adventure soar on Kickstarter. It is for me. We usually see so many big mm. publisher names up there. It's really nice to have a a small, you know, considering how small slow quest is the name behind the adventure. Um, they initially only proposed 1,700, um, but the campaign's almost, well, I think they're over 25,000 now. So yeah, yeah, it's fantastic to see a small adventure come in. So there's only four days left on the clock. Um, by the time you see this, ignore the number on the screen. Yeah. Uh, only four days left. So uh, quite cool and quite nice little adorable adventure, if you do want to run up on one. Thank like God the wrinkly one has a very long nose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't need that, did we? Yeah. <laughs> I think there was a, the thing that I really liked about this is that they've clearly gone, wouldn't it be nice to make a little start set for D&D mm. and then done something a little bit left field? Yeah. Like I I had the, the Goblin Quest rulebook, mm -hmm. uh, which is by Grant Howitt, and that's fantastic. Uh, and just really good, whimsical fun. And I think playing as something like Goblins engenders that in your games as well yeah. and you'll be kind of led down the idea of it just being sort of like a fun rollicking adventurer while also being serious i'm sure at different points as you fight things um but i just think i think this seems like the perfect thing to fill in a couple of nights or something yeah. different adventures and spending your time um playing the game rather than just playing as your typical heroes your elves and your dwarves and stuff going off to slay dragons and things so. I, I mean especially the the last um stretch goal on there as well they're mm. going to be adding even more content so mm. more stuff for you to customize your goblins and i don't see as i said it's four le four days left there is still plenty of time and it's mm. done incredible us to yet so Doing a sticker sheet so you can stick your equipment onto your goblins. Oh, my God. I know. Well, while you listen to your music. Yeah, yeah. How cool is this? That's really fun. Quite now, fun. Does, the music, does the music actually come on a, on a cassette? No. <laughs> is, yeah. there, is there okay. a preview of it? <coughs> do they have a preview um, of the music? I don't think they do. doesn't say that one. But um, oh, digital adventure soundtrack. Links below. by Hermit Knight. I think that just links to their own page. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, Hermit Knight. Not Humble Knight. Knight. There we go. Humble Knight. There, there you go. So this shows off what they've done, I guess, in the past, but obviously mm. not their new yeah. I imagine. But uh, that's cool. I like that. Very cool. There's some weird stuff going on there. <laughs> there is. Yeah, it looks like Kermit's been stung by a bee. Oh, I've just seen a death metal gnome, and I'm okay with it. <laughs> the, website, <laughs> the website looks very murk. murk book. <laughs> yeah, let's not let's not play this. We've no idea what'll be in it. <laughs> we, can't, we can't hear it. We can't hear it anyway. No, I can. That's fine. I can hear it. I'll tell you, it's not what you're expecting. <laughs> there you go. So four days left for the goblins. Mm -hmm. The goblins with an INJ. 
I think that'd be really fun to pick up and hopefully gets delivered soon for people to go and have fun with. That, was, that sounds really cool. Really cool. Yeah. Very different, certainly. Indeed. What's the last one you've got for us then? So the last one is more 3D printing. Uh, this is from Print My Minis, who are also known as Blue Giant Studios now, rather than Atlantis Miniatures. Uh, but this is the world of dragons, not tomorrow. The world of dragons. Uh, so this is a section of pre-supported STL dragons, wyvern strakes, and more to print on at home. I've mm. not just read the description at the top of the Kickstarter. <laughs> uh, there's a whole bunch of wicked um, digital files for you to download in this that allow you to print off massive, awesome fire, ice, lightning oh. drakes to use in your games. I freaking love dragons anyway. Um, so having something that basically collects all of those together, I think is really, really cool. And I like that it's not just your typical ones as well. You've got your standard um, four-limbed, two-winged dragons, mm-hmm. as they are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Then you've got the wyverns, with obviously the two wings at the front. You've then got fey dragons. You've got dragons from different sort of areas of our own sort of mythology as well. So you've got the coaxital and stuff as well, which I think is really nice in there. That wyvern really reminds me of the Gary Hunt version of a dragon, I think. Very cool, mm, like that, that, that style and the way that it's been formed. But yes, very nice. Um, but yeah, it's a big, lovely selection of dragons for you to play around with and dive into. And uh, yeah, even some stuff that is slightly more Nordic in inspiration. So for example, these kind of drakes mirror the kind of look that you might expect from those sort of dragons that you saw in Norse mythology, sort of more serpentine, slinking through rocks, hunting hairy down dragons. your uh, hairy dragons, <laughs> <laughs> hunting down your foes on the, uh, the mountainside, perhaps. But uh, yeah, a really awesome set of different things. Cockatrice. 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 <laughs> Best way to deal with tree men. At least the copper trees. Yeah. Um, uh, if, if you don't know about Print My Minis and Atlantis slash Blue Blue uh, Blue Giant Studios, they've been doing stuff for a really long time. Uh, they have a good pedigree when it comes to three um, D printable miniatures and also finished resin miniatures as well. So uh, they're a company that has been doing this for a very long time and definitely know what they're doing. So when it comes to cool. grabbing. Uh, bear. And Jerry buys the Fey Dragon. <laughs> is that uh, a bear or a raccoon? Well, it's, it's considering next to the squirrel. Squ- yes, <laughs> definitely not a bear. <laughs> could, be a, could be a red panda. Bear cub. Could be a red panda. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a really there's a really nice section. I really like the the scale comparison. Kind of shows off the mm. size of these things as well. So like these are towering wow. monsters for you on the tabletop. Um, <gasps> Like, that's a, a regular old Joe. Um, and here's some of the test prints and things they've done, which is pretty nice. Amazing. Showing off the different qu- the quality of them as well. Obviously, depending on your printer, things will vary. Uh, but everything is pre-supported and all sort of been sorted out already. So if you follow the instructions, I'm sure you'll be, you'll be able to pick up some really nice dragons to use on the tabletop. So, yeah. Fun and games for 3D printing fans. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, like myself, they are making real ones of them in the new yes, out of resin. Yes. So... Mm-hmm. You will still be able to pick them up even if you don't do the printing at home. Interesting to see how much they've got to unlock or if it's going to be quite a mm. confined niche little mm. Kickstarter. Because um, I'd, I'd be I'd happy feel, with... I feel like they don't really need to do a huge amount yeah, of this. Yeah. I, I'd be happy if they managed to just get the funding done. I think that delivers on... I think what they have already in circulation delivers on on everything mm. that I think anyone would really need when it comes to dragons and stuff. But obviously, you can go and check out some of their existing stuff. We have talked about them before on three uh, um, D printing. Is the do you know? Do you know what? Scroll back up a little bit to the one that supports 
You could even stick it on your tabletop in supports form as if it's a, a, a big statue they're building. Oh, you could. You could do. And paint all the supports brown like scaffolding. That's for the lazy. <laughs> the lazy <game. laughs> How else do you get your fantasy natural history museum? Exactly. Yeah, suppose, yeah. That already looks like a theme park. <laughs> I was thinking that too. Look at the layout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Beautiful stuff. So you told you hairy dragons. Oh, don't set him on light. Well, probably too damp to burn being Nordic. <laughs> um, there you go. Only just launched 11 days to go and already funded. And you should be getting your uh, little STLs just after Christmas. Because mm-hmm. we're only eight sleeps away from Christmas. Ooh, yeah, that's why, that's why I'm wearing my bloody Christmas hat. I thought you guys were going to wear the bloody jumpers. Now I look like an oddball. (laughs) Don't worry, you always look like an oddball. (laughs) Uh, We are going to call it that for another week. We will, however, be back on Sunday morning for the XLBS over on tabletop.com. So if you're not a member of the Cult of Games, you can sign up for a free 30-day trial and come and see us witter on about all things hobby, yours and ours. (laughs) Otherwise, we'll be back in seven sleeps time. As we get ready for this Christmas. Episode. Yay. Christmas episode. Oh, we're so good to you. <laughs> Miss us. And don't forget, if you want to win any of those Silver Bayonet prizes, comment on the Silver Bayonet videos, either here on YouTube or over on tabletop.com as well. Otherwise, we will see you on Sunday morning. Bye-bye. Go ahead and check out our other content on screen now. And while you're at it, why not hit subscribe and remember to ding our dong. Go on, you know you want to click it. Go on.